Coming up on this week's show, Danny from Love Bites is here with a look at her best of 2016 list. Plus, Will and I review some books, the Broadway musical Holiday Inn, and more. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 67 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And it's me, Will, from willcanouts.com. Woohoo! <laughs> I just felt like I needed extra fanfare. <laughs> da, 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 da. So. Yes? <laughs> how, how, well, I'm, I don't know. I wanted to try and, like, have a witty banter moment, but I, I got nothing, you know. Well, all right. So, right now, instead of a witty banner moment, I'm going to simply ask how your week is, and then you're going to expound on all of the writing stuff you did this week while you were away. Not only while I was away, but away and sick. Yes. A little under the weather. Whatever I got in Southern California, whether it was an allergy or a cold or whatever, it's... I have not enjoyed it. But fighting through it anyway. So, yeah, I wrote about... 10,200 words on Codename Wonder 2 this week, which was a little under what it should have been. My the, the, my, my travel day and my sick on Friday were not doing me good, and I, they just no words happened. I'm trying to make up for it over the next couple days since we've got the holiday weekend here and get back on track. I'm mostly having a NaNoWriMo month because it's the 15th of January as we write this, and I'm just dancing right around the 25K mark for the month mm-hmm. overall. So that's a good thing. I'm very happy about that. Uh, some other stuff happened. It was a very productive and stuff week for writing. Productive and stuff. And stuff. Lady, use your words. Uh-huh. Uh, Codename Winger Book 1 is kind of off and running at Harmony, Inc. I got notification this week that it's headed into edits, mm-hmm. which is great. I should see some edits back sometime in February uh, for the first pass of the structural edit. Uh, also got the blurbs this week, and I love the small tweaks they made to what I submitted to them, as well as the secondary blurb that they create, because they actually create two blurbs, one that goes on the Harmony Inc. site and is on the book and the, is on Amazon and stuff, and then the other one actually goes onto the DreamSpinner Press site where the book is also also lives, so that there's two slightly different ways for it to be searched for. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's a cool strategy. Uh, second round of edits for Somewhere on Mackinac also finished this week, because if there wasn't enough already going on. Uh, and when the draft of Winger 2 finishes, which should happen somewhere in the next seven days, I project, uh, I'll actually start working on a story that'll come in around 20,000 words that'll be for a charity anthology. And I've kind of teased around the idea of the charity anthology the last couple of weeks, but I, could, I finally got clearance to say what it was. I was invited... Uh, by the authors of the Changing on the Fly anthology. Uh, We had them on, at least some of them on, back in episode 53, uh, invited to participate in the anthology this year. So I'm very excited about that, that it was quite an honor to be invited in uh, with those authors to be in that anthology, which uh, benefits a charity that uh, supports inclusiveness in athletics. And of course, that's been one of my big things uh, with the hat trick books, too. So I'm very excited about that. Good stuff. Yeah. How are you doing <laughs> now that I've spent like four minutes expounding on things in general? How are you? I'm fine. You're not sick. That's good. No, I'm not sick. Hopefully you don't get what I got. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. So. Yes. Uh, uh, we are very pleased to be bringing our listeners another episode of the podcast. And this uh, episode of the podcast is brought to you by you, our listeners, through your support through Patreon. Now, we've begun working with the Patreon website as a way for our listeners to help support production of the show. Your pledges on Patreon.com help offset the costs of producing the show each month. And for the fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, you'll have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. Um, Recently, we had two of our patrons uh, ask questions of Jordan Hawk. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very, very popular, charming, and lovely author who Mm -hmm. is going to be on our podcast next week. Um, So, we would like to thank our newest patrons, Alicia, Marsha, Sherry Lynn, Lisa, and Feliza Rose. Now, all of our supporters will be listed at the patrons page at BigAFictionPodcast.com. And for any month that we hit our extended pledge goal... We'll do a special bonus show just for our patrons. Uh And uh, at this point, we're about halfway. Is that right? Yeah. We're at $27 to $50 for a month month of pledge. So if we can hit $50 by the end of January, we will have a bonus show in February. Especially for our patrons. So to find out how you can help support the podcast, go to www.com. Patreon.com slash BigAFictionPodcast.com. That is P. Um, no. Oh, crap. Wait. You, you did too, you did too many dot coms super, there. I was super, super close. The address is <laughs> www.Patreon.com slash BigAFictionPodcast. And Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yes. So check it out. There may be a chill in the air, but romance is always in bloom. Announcing the Big Gay Fiction Podcast Valentine's Day Gay Romance Paperback Giveaway. We're giving you a chance to win a prize package filled with enchanting contemporary gay romances. And who knows, you may discover your next book boyfriend. The prize pack includes an autographed paperback of Home the Hard Way by Z.A. Maxfield, an autographed copy of Unbreak My Heart by Kaylee Klein, plus paperbacks of Eyes Only for You by Andrew Gray, and Unstable Stud by Ariel Tokna. To enter... Go to the show notes page for this episode at BigGayFictionPodcast.com or visit the official giveaway page at BigGayFictionPodcast.com slash Valentine. Remember, you can't win if you don't enter. So visit BigGayFictionPodcast.com slash Valentine before the rafflecopter ends on February 5th. So beyond writing this week, I also managed to read a whole bunch. I went right into Avon Gale's Empty Net uh, when I finished Power Play, which was just last week. It feels like a little bit longer than that, but it's just last week. Uh, I mentioned in the Power Play review that I felt like Avon just kept growing and growing as a writer as these books continued, and that was very much the case again uh, with Empty Net. Empty Net picks up the story of Spitfire's goalie Isaac Drake and his nemesis uh, from the Asheville Ravens, comes uh, and lands on his team as uh, Lawrence Saint Savoy is draft is not well, he's not drafted he's traded to the Spitfires. Uh, the Spitfires owner loves to stir up drama and in the previous book there was a lot of drama in the playoff game between the Spitfires and the Ravens and now Saint Savoy is on the team uh, and a team who completely hates him for what went down before. 
but because Isaac is the captain, he has to kind of step up and help St. Savoy fit into the team. And over time, they both figure out that they're kind of attracted to each other, but Drake's got his baggage, which was well-documented in power play. And uh, St. Savoy has even more baggage. And Drake figures this out uh, rather by accident, what the problem is. And the evolution of these two characters, as Drake continues to grow, as he has to figure out how to help St. Savoy in kind of the same way that the Spitfires coaches helped him the year before uh, is really quite a, a great growth arc for him. And St. Savoy has to figure out that it is possible for someone to love him and that not everyone is like his father. Uh, Avon did such an amazing job of growing the arcs between these two, with these two characters. Uh, it's, it's to me almost a class in how to <laughs> structure uh, character arcs uh, with some really hard, difficult, emotional subject matter and just make it work so well. I could not put this book down. It was one of those that's like, I have a few minutes, I can go read a few pages. I have a few minutes, I can read a few pages. And then thankfully on Monday morning, I was flying all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to read some more <laughs> and finish it off, which was great. So Avon's Scoring Chances series overall gets high marks from me. Uh, and in particular, my favorite books of the series so far are Empty Net and this and the one before at Power Play. I know book five, I believe, is coming out sometime this spring. I believe that she just talked about that this week. So super excited about that. And I know she's already working on book six, too. Cool. Now, you read and finished something this week as well. I did. I recently read Extra Sensual Perception by Raina Vouse. I so love the title. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, Raina, based on how I pronounce mine. I'm guessing yours is uh, Vouse. Anyway, Extra Sensual Perception uh, is about a guy named Chris and uh, the guy he's attracted to named Jack. Now, Chris is uh, down on his luck. He is busy trying to take care of his mom, who has recently uh, suffered a stroke and is going through some uh, therapy to get back on her feet. Uh, His mom made her living as a psychic, and he recently lost his job as, uh, uh, I don't know, he did something in IT or something like that. Anyway, so uh, he's the perennial lead character down on his luck, and he gets an offer from his best friend, Angie. And Angie is opening up this very chic, exclusive nightclub with a carnival theme. Because, of course, a chic nightclub is going to have a carnival theme. Anyway, yeah, of course. so she hires him to uh, tell fortunes uh, at this carnival-themed nightclub. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is which is ridiculous, but it's, it's uh, it works in, in the story. Anyway, so... Angie's brother uh, is Jack, and he runs the family uh, hotel empire. And he's sort of a little bit of a stuffed shirt, and he's like, oh, I don't know if we should have a psychic in our nightclub, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And he's worried about uh, uh, what people might think of that. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jack and Chris, of course, have a history together, uh, and the uh, conflicts sur- sooner turns to romance until there is a a threat on Angie's life and there is a crazy ass stalker uh, after Angie, Chris, and Jack. 
Uh, so this story is really fun, uh, really romantic. Uh, it also has uh, elements of uh, paranormal and uh, action adventure. Um, I really enjoyed it. I recently read, uh, it was this week uh, on part of a blog tour, Raina mentioned um, her love of uh, silhouette intimate moments back in the day. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, like like most people in our genre, she got her start reading uh, uh, good old-fashioned Harlequins. And uh, her favorite series was Intimate Moments because um, it was a, a contemporary romance series, but within those borders, uh, those authors could paint very broadly. Uh, and her favorites in that particular series often flirted with uh, paranormal elements like heroines who had uh, psychic abilities or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, she worked those sort of thriller, adventure, uh, paranormal elements into this story, which I really, really enjoyed. I highly recommend you check out Extra Sensual Perception by Raina Vows. Cool. So the other book I read this week, and, and this was a start and a finish within the week for me, uh, is A Coal Miner's Son by T.A. Chase. It is part of Dream Spinner's States of Love series. This one takes place in West Virginia, uh, as you might assume, in coal country. Uh, you've got Kai, who is a coal miner's son. Uh, he works in the mines with his dad and with his younger brother. Uh, their family are kind of pillars of the town uh, because they were some of the first miners to settle in that area. Uh, on the flip side of that, you've got James Callahan, who is the son of the mine's owner. James spent a lot of time in this town as he was growing up when his dad was in town because it happens to be that uh, Willow Hollow is the, the, the biggest mine in the Callahan Mining uh, Corporation. So they were there a lot, and he befriended a lot of the who were then kids at the mine. Uh, his best friend is Owen, who is Kai's younger brother, and Owen is the one who knows that Kai has a thing for James, and James has a thing for Kai, and uh, he kind of tries to push them together gently along the way, uh, but for Kai has had a hard time overcoming the idea that it would not be right to be with the boss's son, mm -hmm. who is in some ways his boss, because James is very hands-on with the mining company. Uh, the thing that I love about this book the most is that it didn't do anything that I expected it to do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go too far into what I was expecting because I don't want to spoil other people's reading of the book. Uh, but it was a complete treat for me that the things that I thought were going to happen never did. And then it went off in another angle that was a complete delight as a way to help these two men find their way to each other. Uh, the background of the town itself and getting a little bit of its history and how these townsfolk all help each other. And really with James, how he felt really more part of the town over the time that he'd spent there and his subtle helping of the people in the town. He had it set up with a few people that he could bring in groceries and they'd get distributed to people who needed them. Or he would subtly be paying somebody's... Uh, there's uh, what, uh, Kai, Kai's sister is going to medical school and, and James is secretly with the mother's help helping to pay for some of those expenses because the whole town is, is essentially one big GoFundMe to help her get through college. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of really nice nuances in this book. 
and I completely loved it. Yay, T.A. Chase. This is the first of T.A.'s books that I've read that hasn't been a co-write with her and Devin, Devin Rhodes. So it was, it was interesting to see her, you know, also writing on her own. So I, I highly recommend this. This is my second uh, States of Love to read uh, next to Avon Gales. And so far I've thoroughly enjoyed the, the two that I've read. Awesome. Yeah. Good to hear. So Coal Miner Sun by T.A. Chase. And all those books will be linked up to in the show notes, uh, so you can go pick them up on Amazon, or, and plus, well, not an or, but an and, uh, <laughs> my written reviews on the two books that I read will also be uh, posted there as well. Awesome. Yeah. You want to talk about some Broadway? Yeah. We had a, a Broadway date night last night. We did. Without even leaving our house. Yeah. <laughs> the best kind of date night. Absolutely. In my opinion. Yeah. Cause, I don't know about you, but. Well, I go out. Yeah, I know. Um, Broadway HD, uh, who was the company that stream that live streamed She Loves Me back in June, offered up another co-production with the Roundabout Theater Company uh, for the recently, well, the now closed, it's closing today as we record, uh, Holiday Inn, uh, an Irving Berlin, they called it a new Irving Berlin musical, which I think is a little stretching the truth, but <laughs> it's based on the film Holiday Inn, uh, which was Fred Astaire and... Bing Crosby Bing. Uh, from the 19, oh, I don't know. 1940s or 50s, <laughs> somewhere back there. Uh, this took it and then added, there were some original Irving Berlin songs that went into that movie. And then this new stage production, which started on Broadway at the beginning of the holiday season, as I recall, like back in November, takes and adds in a number of songs from the Irving Berlin songbook to kind of flesh it out a little bit more. Uh, I was delighted by the whole thing. It was just... Delighted, you say? It was a delightful <laughs> show. Um, <clears throat> you've got uh, Jim and... Uh, I can't remember the character's names. That's so bad of me. Uh, and you can't either... No, that's not the point. The The, the show is Here, about... Yeah. You explain the show. The, the show <laughs> is about um, uh, two um, old school hoofers who are trying to make it big, uh, essentially kind of like on the vaudeville circuit, uh, played by Bryce Pinkham and uh, Corbin Blue from High School Musical. And they also have a lovely blonde ingenue who uh, is the third in their little trio. And Bryce uh, proposes marriage to uh, the uh, female partner of their trio, and he buys a... Uh, rundown farm in Connecticut where they're going to retire. Uh, Bryce is kind of like, you know, showbiz was swell and all, but I think it's time for us to try something new. Uh, she doesn't agree and ends up uh, dumping him. So poor Bryce Pinkham is there up in Connecticut all by himself trying to make a go of it with this crappy old farm. Uh, meanwhile, she and... Corbin Blue uh, go off and continue their uh, nightclub act and can continue touring. Meanwhile, Bryce is in Connecticut and he falls in love with the girl who uh, used to live at the family farm, mm -hmm. uh, a lovely school teacher who also happens to be an excellent singer and dancer and dancer. <laughs> um, so since the farming is kind of a bust. Uh, they decide to turn the farmhouse into an inn, a holiday inn. Uh, they will open their doors 
during the respective holidays throughout the year and put on a show. And that's how they will uh, continue to keep the property uh, successful and in the black. Um, then uh, good old Corbin Blue uh, comes back uh, and throws a monkey wrench into their, their happy holiday in plans uh, and hilarity uh, ensues. Uh, all of this uh, is, of course, um, uh, supported with uh, at least a dozen or more yeah. classic, beautiful, wonderful, charming Irving Berlin uh, songs. Uh, I thought it was funny. It's cute. It's adorable. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's a it's a nice love letter to the musicals of the era, mm-hmm. both on both on Broadway and on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Corbin Blue goes way beyond anything you saw in High School Musical. Uh, it's not his first run on Broadway. He was also a replacement in In the Heights. He took over for Led Manuel Miranda at one point in In the Heights, late in its run, mm-hmm. and played in that. But here, he also talked about in the in the pre-show to the live stream that nobody had ever made him tap, and he'd been taking tap lessons since he was a wee child. Uh, and that boy can tap. My <laughs> goodness. Uh, there are some incredible dance numbers uh, choreographed by Dennis Jones, who I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a Tony nomination for. I would hope so. For He had him dancing with... Uh, uh, There's a wonderful holiday sequence uh, an extended uh, dance number where yeah, they the end of Act One. where they tap and jump rope with holiday garlands. Thank you, garlands is the word it's, I was looking for. It's the most insane, amazing <laughs> thing you've ever seen, and they're doing it in sync. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. It's, it's wonderful. It's crazy. And then Corbin in Act Two has a a great Fourth uh, of July themed uh, yes. tap number. Yes, he does with really fireworks. Good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so holiday and close on Broadway on uh, today, Sunday, January fifteenth. But replays from this live stream are available on demand uh, from broadwayhd.com through January 24th. There's a link in the show notes directly to the Holiday Inn page. I believe it's $7.99 if you uh, go on demand for a single title. Or they do have uh, subscription programs, too, if you actually want to subscribe to their channel and watch other things like She Loves Me and some of their other titles. Uh, I expect this will travel the same kind of route that She Loves Me did where at some point in the springtime it'll probably end up playing in movie theaters and then we'll come back to Broadway HD to be part of its regular library. Okay. Uh, so yeah, check that out uh, over this week if you want to see a, a... Have a nice closure to your holiday season if you're still willing to have Christmas in middle January. <laughs> <laughs> and where can they find that? BroadwayHD.com? Yes. Awesome. So speaking of kind of TV things, and we kind of were because that was on TV. Broadway slash television, Yes. yes. Uh, we've gotten into the show Star on Fox recently. Uh, this show started, uh, it went in behind Empire's season, uh, fall season break back in December. And it's been back for a couple shows uh, as the new year started. Uh, it is from the executive producer creator of Empire. And this involves uh, some teenage, teenage girls? Teenage young adult girls. Uh, trying to find their way in the music scene in Atlanta. Uh, and all of the crazy shenanigans that goes with it. Uh, I'm trying to... I'm waiting to see where you go with this. I don't know where else to go with it. You're always better at describing <laughs> these shows than I am. Um, um, okay. So, Star is about a young woman whose name is Star. 
uh, and she has unfortunately grown up in the uh, difficult-to-navigate foster care system. Uh, eventually, she gets out and she finds her sister, uh, who she was separated from, and they head to Atlanta, where they hook up with uh, another girl who they know from Instagram, and they're going to form this amazing super girl group uh, in Atlanta. Um, uh, they all three of them they go to live with Queen Latifah. Because why wouldn't you want to do that? <laughs> Queen Latifah is Star's uh, godmother, and she runs this uh, crazy. Uh, salon out of her house and uh first can we talk about queen latifah and her wigs because <laughs> <laughs> if star is about anything it's about queen latifah and her wigs uh it's kind of amazing anyway so the show is about their your uh, star and her friends and they're like claw clawing their way to the top of uh the r&b pop uh girl group biz yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else is in the cast? There's Brian Bat. Uh, no, not Brian Bat. Brian. Uh, uh, he was on Law and Order. Oh, crap. For years. I can't, I can't remember his name. I can't no, think of either. Ben- Benjamin. Benjamin Pratt. No, Benjamin. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. This is a terrible review. Anyway, so here, here's the thing. If you like the bizarre, ridiculous, amazing shenanigans that go on on Empire, you're probably gonna love Star just as much. Cause, well, okay, you're you're, you're a little bit picky. I think it's amazing and ridiculous. Uh, so not only does it feature Star and like ridiculous, you know, uh, like music biz cliche shenanigans, it also has Queen Latifah and her wigs. It also has a weekly music video that just pop up in the middle of the episode. Um, they're amazing. The music videos are really cool. And they do literally <laughs> pop up. It's like, we're going to have a break of the plot now and go have this music video moment. <laughs> they're wonderful. I love them. Because the, there's truly like a dissolve, crossfade kind of thing that goes on before the music videos. Um, I find the shenanigans... And hilarity and bizarreness of Empire to be different than Star. There's a different vibe to it that uh, we've only watched two episodes so far. There's a third sitting on the DVR for us right now. But it's different and I'm not totally bought in yet. There are elements that I love. Queen Latifah and her wigs and her singing. Yes, Because she does manage to get a song in usually per episode. Yes, of course. Um I like that a lot. Uh, Liddy Kravitz, I think, is a hoot playing mm-hmm. the the drugged out rock star mm-hmm. father, and uh, oh my god, who was his wife? The model uh, Naomi Campbell mm-hmm. playing his wife last week, also a hoot. There's elements of Star and the way that the characters crafted that reminds me of Christina Aguilera in Burlesque. <laughs> And some of the music videos, frankly, remind me of some of things out of Burlesque, especially in the pilot episode. Uh, so I can't quite resolve the two in my head yet. <laughs> um, there's some great supporting characters, too, because, of course, Lee Daniels uh, is a big supporter of uh, uh, inclusiveness in his show. So there is a transgender character uh, who works at the salon who we've seen, who's had a couple moments in both of the episodes we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. 
but check it out. Star on Fox Wednesday nights at, I believe it's 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll put, put a link in the show notes. You can catch up to that show if you need to. Uh, we're also a little game show obsessed right now. Because we're kind of in this in-between TV time when the superheroes aren't back yet and other things are in flux. There's a new show on NBC called The Wall, which really should just be called Big Ass Plinko. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you get there, they find their contestants who do really good works. There's been a police officer and uh, military servicemen. Basically, okay, here's the premise of the show they find a pair of uh, uh, do gooders, uh, nice people with inspirational stories, because this is NBC and you cannot have a reality show without an inspirational backstory true (laughs) um so they find an inspirational in quotes couple uh to earn money for their big dream or or whatever so they uh they go on this show in front of this ginormous ass plinko board uh, i believe they said it was four stories tall in the first episode insanely big and um they answer like ridiculous trivia questions in order to uh, have balls that they drop down the wall that eventually end up in different uh, monetary yeah. uh, slots in the giant board. Potentially they could walk away with... Millions. Think, millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, because there's million dollar slots on the board. But they they get money, they lose money. There's green balls and red balls and it's just... I think we like it because of the big-ass Plinko board. Uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's also... Uh, uh, well hosted by Chris Hardwick, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, keeps the keeps the show moving, keeps it funny, keeps it heartfelt. It's a really good show. Yeah, despite the fact that we kind of laughed at it just then, it, it's a fun show to watch. The trivia is at times remarkably hard. <laughs> well, they can't be. Um, it might as well be if you're going to give away billions of dollars. Uh, the other game show we started watching this back in the summer when it came back on ABC is Match Game. I loved Match Game as a kid. I remember watching it CBS Daytime in the summer. I remember watching it's primetime. I guess it wasn't really primetime, but it was. It, it used to be on in that you know that space between the news and primetime, mm-hmm. like where Jeopardy is now and Wheel of Fortune. And I swear, as they've brought this back on ABC because it airs in the ten o'clock slot, it is just as amazingly on the borderline of raunch <laughs> and maybe just a tip over. Um, than the old school version used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kept the music, which makes me really happy. Add the orange shag carpet and yeah. the crazy long microphone that I don't really think works at all since <laughs> Alec Baldwin is uh, clipped on the lapel also. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't checked out this new, raunchier, more adult version of Match Game with Alec Baldwin, you should definitely give it a shot. Um, it's really, uh, it's really, it's, it combines the ridiculousness of <laughs> of yesteryear with sort of the raunchy, potty humor of uh, the, I don't know, I don't know, millennials, I guess, I have no idea. I don't know what millennials do. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, uh, most, um, most of the panelists uh, in Grand Tradition are drunk during the tapings. And except, <laughs> except here... The wine is on the table. <laughs> it was backstage in the 70s. Here, they have cup holders. 
And only a few of them drink water. Um, so the, <laughs> the episodes can get pretty wild and freewheeling, uh, especially depending on who is on this particular panel. Uh, this past week we watched an episode that had Amy Sedaris, Chris DeLilla, uh Constant Zimmer, Jane Krakowski, Rick Fox, and Titus Burgess. Um, and it was the kookiest one yet. Uh, yeah, just There really... were matches being made that had no reason to be a match multiple times. Crazy, the the uh, contestants would say something that you're like, no, you're not going to match anybody with that. <laughs> and then one person would crazily match that up. It was... And it was it was vulgar. There were beeps. There were pixelated cards. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, if you're <laughs> in the in the mood for some naughty humor, <laughs> uh, give the new match game uh, yeah. a look. ABC's uh, Tuesday Tuesday at ten. We'll link it in the show notes. We'll link specifically also to this past week's episode because it is so worth the 45 minutes of your time that it'll be to rewatch that on ABC.com. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shall we swing back to books? Ah, uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> so I talked with Danny over at Love Bites Reviews earlier this week uh, to have her back on the show for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. And she brought with her uh, part of her list for her favorite books of 2016. So let's check that out now. So I'm very excited to welcome Danny from Love Bites back to the podcast. Hi, Danny. Hi, Deb. Great to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, and to Will. And so I hear you've got some of your best of 2016 books to share with us. Yeah, well, we're counting down uh, 2016 in a way. So uh, we are sharing our best of list since, um, I think we started January 2nd with the first one uh, of my reviewers, and I think we have 15 in total, so that's cool. Some are even doubled up. So, yes, mine will be the final one, um, going up on Monday the 15th, I think it is. 16th, Monday the 16th, yeah, the same day the show comes out. Yeah, okay. And, um, yes, it was hard to make a selection, to be honest. It was funny to see all the different lists from all the reviewers. And I really struggle to, to get it down because normally we say between five or ten, and then we even tricked a bit going up to twelve for some of our reviewers. So, yeah, I have uh, I have a few. I have to see because I know I talked about a few um, in my last post about favorites and everything. So uh, in series, so I'm trying to not double up on stuff. So I will pick. As I said, I have like. Well, for something, so I will take a few out of them. Okay. And hope I don't mention. I hope there's other ones that I didn't mention before. So uh, one that really surprised me was Rented Heart by Garrett Lee. Um, I haven't read all her books. Uh, she's a popular writer, obviously. But I, for some reason, that book really struck a nerve. I like the the rent boy stuff uh, trope, if you want to call it. But uh, it somehow struck a, a nerve with me and how the, the story involved really grabbed me, pushed me in the story. And I think that um, one of the things that you should, there's a story you should really um, feel for yourself. That is if you are um, excited about the trope, because the title itself says Rented Heart. So if you are not into that kind of stories, then it will probably not do anything for you but for me it really did um another one i read uh that 
grabbed me totally by surprise because I never read anything by the by the author was David Renewed by De Deanna Copland. Uh, I have to admit I never read a book by her. I know she's, she's she has quite some books, but for some reason I never get around to that, cut around to that. Um, and I just picked it out by on my own, and uh, I was like, it, it, the the blurb kind of spoke to me and the story completely blew, blew me away. It was seriously so what I didn't expect and at all. And uh, it even is like it's one of the, there are many characters in the book. And I think what I'm, one of the, one of the books I'm really looking forward to in the new year is hoping that she will bring out the second, I, I understood there would be a second book to it. And I'm looking forward to see if there will be a series with all the men involved in this book. So it's really on my anticipation list for the next year. Um, then um, I don't think I mentioned this before. Uh, I like the books by N.R. Walker. He's an Australian writer. Um, I was very careful picking up the weight of it all because I'm usually overweight myself. I was quite curious because I was like, oh, I have, I've read some books and seen some books about people are being overweight and uh, it's not really all that good, in my opinion. It's always, oh, you're overweight, you're bad, you need to lose weight, that's it. And uh, so I was really careful picking this up. I didn't review it or anything, I just wanted to read it for myself. And... Um, but it surprised me. It's realistic. It has a very cautious approach. approach. And um, I really started reading it and I ended up reading it all the way through without putting it down. And I think it's seriously one of the best reads of the year. Wow. I mentioned that also on my list. Then, of course, as a series lover, I need to mention a series, <laughs> a book from a series. Um, I think one that should definitely get recognition in, in best of list is uh, Winter Heart, the Seasons of Four, Seasons of Love Four from B.G. Thomas. Um, I don't know if you have read the, the I don't I know you know B.G. Thomas, but uh, I don't know if you read the books, but uh, they're quite outstanding with their covers. They're completely different approach of, of covers. Mm -hmm. I like and those covers whole, a lot. I haven't read them, but I do love the covers. Yeah. Yeah, the, well, the series is definitely a wonderful series. I read and reviewed them from, from the beginning. Um, I think I read almost all his books. Um, what what struck me in the final part is we, we waited quite, as, as the followers and the lovers, we, we waited quite a bit for the final book. It had to be Wyatt's book, so the last one of four men, friends group of men, uh, four men, um, he had to find his happy ever after. So uh, it took B.G. Thomas a while to write it, uh, but it came through on all the points. It really touches you, it grabs you. It, uh, people who wait for the whole series to be there before they start reading a series, they should really pick it up because it's, it's you won't, like I said in my review, I'm, I'm looking at it now and I have said, you, wrote, you won't regret meeting the four, mm. the meaning the four guys that, uh, surround the story, so that's really um, really should be mentioned. I think. I think that would uh, be my cue to pick that book up too, because yeah, I've I, seen that series. I keep going. I, I should read that, and, yeah, and so 
it's it's just like yeah, I don't know. Um, DJ Thomas, I like his style. He's he's a comfort leader. He's, uh, there's always something special there. It always has something from other books, some characters. It goes round the coffee shop, and it's it's yeah, it's really. And I like this series because, uh, like I said, I'm a series lover, but I know a lot of people wait till the whole series is there. And with Wyatt's book, the fourth book, it's really complete. There are four guys and they turn it into eight because they all find their loved ones in every book. There's a single, uh, there's a separate main character, so to speak. One of the four finds his, his love interest. And uh, But still, it is really a series like I like. Uh, I, I mean, I think we talked about it last time because mm-hmm. a lot of authors choose to be choose to pick a standalone one in, in a series. And I love the fact that all characters are in all the four books and they all, even they have their own book, their own center of the story, they all are in the books. And so uh, the fourth one really summed up the, it perfectly with Wyatt's story. It's very emotional, very pure. So yeah, I would really recommend picking up that series. Um, do you want one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. Um, well, by accident, on the end of 2016, I got um, messages by one of my reviewers saying they wanted to pick up the, a new author, Lucy Lennox. She uh, started a series uh, with Borrowing Blue. It's a Maid Marian novel. That's the series called. And um, for some reason, it, I was like, as she said, it's so good, then you need to read it. So... And there were already three books out in the series, so that's that's nice for me. And um, yeah, that's it. My biggest surprise of 2016, I think, uh, I read all three books in one go. Uh, Borrowing Blue is the first. Teddy's um, okay. Took me on that one. Teddy something is the second, and Jumping Dude is the third. And uh, in a way, um, they all have the their own Marian man, that's the family name. And uh, they all have their own story. And in a way, they are not that much in each other's story, but a little bit. So you can read it separately if you would want to. But it's uh, the last one, Jumping Jude, uh, totally knocked me over. It's about uh, a rock star and his bodyguard. Gosh, I'm so, I'm so corny. I <laughs> but I like those stuff. I'm a contemporary girl. I cannot help it. But it, uh, yeah, it's really awesome. And I think of, of, of all the books that are coming in 2017, I know this author is releasing the book four and five, I think in February and in March or April. And I'm so looking forward to that because it's a family with um, three boys and a girl. And they ad- adopted also three gay boys from an LGTB center or shelter or anything. So they will all have their own books, so I think it will be up to six, I believe. So, yeah. And if I can, can mention one other thing that's not really a book wreck, but it is about books. One of the best uh, anthologies I've ever, I've ever read um, last year, and I also reviewed, was uh, the It Was Always You charity anthology that was made by the authors from the M&M Daily Grind on Facebook. They put, uh, they put their heads together and they wrote, wrote uh, anthology for charity. It's not available anymore, but the authors are pushing out the, their stories in singular releases. 
But uh, at least Anna Walker, Riley Hart, and Felice Stevens, they already released just now, uh, this month, they released their singular story. So, okay. I'll look, I'll look that up and, and, and give, give some links in the uh, show notes so that people can find, start to find the singular stories. Yeah, because I tried to look for the link because I wrecked it in my special mention in my best of list, but it isn't there anymore. They, they spoke about it before, they, that it would be there for a short time, mm-hmm. and then it would be going down. And I think it is because they are uh, releasing uh, separate stories. But I know they're releasing it, and they're also uh, pretty cheap. I think they're at 99 cents or something. Oh, nice. So it's really, really nice if you didn't uh, read the charity of Anthology. Like I said, I picked up and I bought the charity because I wanted to support the, the charity. And I also was very curious uh, because, like, there are so many of my favorite writers there in an anthology. And I seriously think I can honestly say it's one of the best anthologies I've ever read. So every single... I have a review on my blog. Perhaps I should link to that in my list. That would be a good one. So people can see which which stories they like and then can pick up the single, uh, single releases that are coming out. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. can link to that uh, to that blog post as well. Because I know yeah. we'll, be, we'll be linking to your best of 2016 post in the show notes too so people can see your entire list. Yeah, there are a few more there, but it's uh, like a book from AAP, uh, from the Nothing Special series, uh, one from Riley Hart from the Crossroads series, and I think I spoke about those uh, when we were talking about series uh, that I liked in the in the first post I did. Mm-hmm. So that's why I skipped over them and decided to pick a, a few that I was pretty sure that I didn't talk about <laughs> yet. So. Well, we appreciate you coming by to, to share these with us and, and look forward to talking to you again in, in another few weeks. Yeah, I will. I will see you in next month or whatever. Yeah. We will see what I'm happy, what I have to say then. <laughs> what I've read in January. <laughs> Thanks so much, Danny. Bye. Thank you. Want to hang out with us between shows? Check us out on Facebook. You never know what we might post: news about book sales, bonus video content, and maybe even a live broadcast or two. Like us today at facebook.com slash biggayfictionpodcast and see what we get up to next. So, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, Thank you for everyone who has joined us for episode 67. Coming up next week in episode 68, Jordan L. Hawk will be here to talk about her latest installment in the Wyborn and Griffin uh, universe. Plus, she's going to talk about the book that she wrote for the ladies who love the ladies. Well, that's all actually one in the same book. Wait, is it really? Yes. Oh my God! Seriously? Seriously? Oh, I'm gonna have to listen to this ep- this interview. Yeah, Undertow is part of the Wyborn and Griffin universe, oh. and it uh, it takes their secretary and gives her a little thing on the side. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that then. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I leave him out of the loop a little bit. <laughs> any any other revelations you want to share with me? No, I think that'll do it. Uh, okay. So that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, Tune in next week for more uh, exciting things that Jeff chooses to keep for me. (laughs) Uh, Remember, everyone, please keep reading, and we will see you next week. Bye. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. 